This is Epicenter, episode 453, and it's a special episode at ECC5 in Paris. Welcome to Epicenter, the show which talks about technologies, projects and people driving decentralization and the blockchain revolution. I'm Friederike Ernst and I'm here with Felix Lutsch. And today we're speaking with Bettina and Jerome, who organized ECC, and Griff Green, who is an attendee. We'll, we'll get to you guys in a second. Before we talk about ECC, let me talk to you about our sponsor this week, and that's Paraswap. Paraswap is a multi-chain DAX aggregator. This means that through Paraswap, you can easily access the liquidity of various different decentralized exchanges. The protocol automatically finds the cheapest liquidity for you, so you can trade knowing that you're getting the best price. Paraswap is also gas-friendly, helping you um, to keep your transaction costs low. And it's been pushing the boundaries of what is possible with DeFi for years um, and just did it again by rolling out the first ever NFT peer-to-peer -peer mobile trading apps on iOS. You can buy and sell NFTs with any token now. Um, they have a secure non-custodial wallet, and you have a fiat on-ramp with um, zero fees. Find more at paraswap.io slash beta. Bettina, Jerome, it's a pleasure to be here again. Well, it's definitely a pleasure to be here with you guys. Um, sorry, I kind of lost my voice during those last parties. Uh, but super exciting event, as always, thanks to everyone coming, including you. Hi, Frida. It's so nice to have Epicenter come back to ETC every year. I think it's the fifth time that you've, we've seen you. So this is great to kick off the end of ETC with you. Cool. So before we dive into the content, give us the stats. So how many attendees, how many stages, how many speakers, how many sponsors? Bettina, I assume you're the right person to address for this, right? Yeah. So ETC this year, uh, it's six stages, 2,000 attendees. 280 speakers, over 40 hours of talks and content that will be accessible to everyone and anyone. We also have 40 sponsors this year of all types of sizes. So the community coming down to Paris has been massive, 130 side events to organize everywhere in Paris during this week. So this is not only what's happening in this building, but the entire city living on the rhythm of blockchain. Cool. And as a token attendee, we have here Griff Green. So Griff, you've been on Epicenter before for Giveth, um, probably like three or four years ago. And uh, would it be a mischaracterization if I declared you one of the de facto community managers of Ethereum? I mean, maybe now these days, because honestly, I feel like Bettina and Jerome and the other organizers of conferences end up really stewarding the community more than I. In 2016, yes, right, because of the DAO and all of those things. But at this point, projects are on the sidelines and conferences really bring everybody together in the community. Cool. So tell us about uh, your favorite talks, your favorite moments um, at ECC. Oh, man. You know, ECC's become kind of a shelling point for Ethereum summer. You know, anyone who wants to make a big announcement, they like hold it back or, or push it forward so they can make it at ECC. Uh, and uh, Polygon's uh, ZK EVM was huge. I mean, this is the holy grail of scaling, being open sourced. So much work can be built off of that. Uh, there's, there's also just a lot of amazing side events. Like they said, uh, you know, it's really hard to get a ticket to ECC this year. And that was like an opportunity 
for everyone, uh, for all the projects to kind of take advantage of that and create like that. There's a really awesome Cello Connect event or something. I can't remember what it's called, but I ended up going there all the time. And it's just across the street. Like, I don't know if you guys help them get all these venues next door, but man, it's like, uh, this is why ECC is a shelling point because it's like all this connection, all this, uh, you know, without communication, everyone kind of just brought new events next door so all the people who couldn't get in can just go to these other events and then it ends up pulling people who are can get in to to have fun so it's been awesome and uh the food has been fantastic so many nice desserts like little little treats everywhere you just walk by and you're like oh just grab grab and go you know it's been really fun this is obviously the fifth year of ethereum ecc conference i think it's basically like the unofficial biggest conference after DEFCON. And I guess I would be interested to hear how it has changed over the years, I guess, compared now maybe to the last year. Which one was your favorite year so far? So technically, we've been organizing this conference for the sixth time because um, we were, um, Ethereum France was initially involved in uh, EdCon in Paris back in uh, 2017. When we heard that uh, EdCon was uh, moving and not uh, not just staying in Europe uh, we felt like we should have uh, a recurring conference in France so that's what was the the starting point and um, back in Cancun Def Country I was just bumping into speakers of uh, Defcon and be like hey you want to go to Paris again in uh, in March let's do something so that was my best memory of it like just uh, asking lots of people hey you want to come and then oh now we have an event to organize so people just showed up in Paris and it was really uh, yeah boot- bootstrapped from the, from the very beginning um, then we started to get better organized, and uh, for us as a as a nonprofit organization, it's the the highlight of the year. Like uh, this is what we prepare for every year, and we watch this uh, this scene grow. We've we've been through different cycles where, like 2017 in the ICO craze, people everybody was like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go, no worries. And then 2018, we had uh, we had some more trouble. It led us to think about how we can better support the ecosystem by connecting them with different parties. So we organized the ETH VC track uh, to have the, um, the startup be able to meet VCs that actually care about blockchain or kind of understand about blockchain and don't want just to get on the call to educate themselves. And we wanted to help the, the ecosystem finance itself and, and find a long-term partner in that, uh, in that respect. So we saw we saw also the change in uh, in the um, in how the the rest of the industry recognized us. We have uh, attendees from uh, traditional finance now, a lot of them, traditional industries as well, and also really big VCs coming up to hear what's going on from uh, all over the the place. What has changed on our end is the the amount of demand that we get for for this conference, and that poses a lot of uh, of questions on how we should um, we should what we should do next next year, what we should uh, we should continue to evolve. We have also, as you mentioned, Griff, a, a lot of um, side events going around, which is great to see uh, and, and to see pop up and how we can uh, continue to nurture that without threatening them with a bigger event or a longer event and, and so on. And uh, for us, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to hear that uh, it's a great conference, uh, good memories, I have good, good stuff to tell my friends when I come back home from ATC, um, but also trying our best to continue to make that accessible to everyone. And that's a, that's the kind of challenge we're facing now. Yeah, I think to add on Jerome's point, at some point when you manage to pass the bar as an event where people actually want to come and you need to stop begging them, but start, start filtering them, it's, it's an incredible moment to be at, but it's also a very important moment to be sure that you don't get arrogant. Uh, you, you don't lay on what you have. You need to ensure that you get better at 
production next year, people's expectations go higher and higher and higher every year. Uh, I don't know if you can remember when we used to be in another venue, uh, sponsors were happy with tables and pieces of the ceiling falling all over their head. Now sponsors send us their own production companies being like, yeah, I want my booth to be like this and that. And so we need to ensure to bring that whilst maintaining, as, as Jerome mentioned, this kind of very low-key, easy feeling. What has definitely changed is getting emails from PR companies like, hey, I represent XYZ and uh, he or she is a great panel moderator. Do you, do you want him to come? Like, you know, well, no. <laughs> Seriously, it's, we, we make very, very few exceptions, but there are, there are no panels at ATC. It's a company where people come to present their work and what, what they are doing or what they are caring about. We are now in the summer because of COVID moved the agenda and uh, we usually we usually do scheduling for, for March and now we do scheduling for July. But what you come out of, uh, of ATC, as you mentioned, Bettina, is the, the 48 hours more uh, talks, that uh, a huge video dump, dump that you can watch, uh, enjoy during your summer. Like uh, take vacation, look at, look at what's going on elsewhere. Yeah, look at what the Ethereum ecosystem is building. So you get a, you get a picture of... Uh, What's going on on the research side, on, on the community side, on the putting things to production side? And if you've been able to come to Paris and, and meet people there, you also come back with a lot of memory and, and T-shirts for the next decades and, and stickers for the next decade. And um, yeah, good memories to tell. No, I think uh, you managed to kind of preserve that community conference feel really well. And you've also kept ticket prices really low compared to many other events, right? So basically now there's events where you pay like way in excess of a thousand dollars for like a one or two day conference and that's never been ECC. Um, this this time even uh, d d you actually had to buy your tickets on chain, right? How, how did that work out for you? It was an interesting experience. The idea behind it was to make ourselves even more accountable to the community. Uh, when you go through a Web2 process, you can start giving out tickets on the side and no one will ever see. Here, the locks are public, so you can see what happened. Uh, as always, both working with Web3 and working with startups, uh, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of elements that need to be bettered every year. We have a very fond memory of the way some tickets were sculpted. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was an awesome night and uh, an awesome times to, to go through. Um, so it's... Trying to trying to dog food uh, the conference is important, but at the same time, we need to make sure that next year it's a more seamless experience for everyone. I mean, a shout out to the to the Unlock team for the work they've done and um, how they managed to to, to deliver the ticket and, uh, and and check people at the entrance. It's important for us to look back and, and look at how um, mature or immature in some way uh, those um, ticketing systems are in purely Web3 approach. It's still hard to uh, buy with buy with credit cards something that's emitted on crypto. Uh, it's still hard to uh, to to properly change the network from to another network and 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 do something. Um, when we say Ethereum community conference, do we accept people that don't have a wallet yet or are not really there yet? Uh, we got some critics uh, criticism about that, like people saying, "Hey, if they don't have an Ethereum wallet, they shouldn't even go to the Ethereum community conference." Well, yeah, that's debatable. It's not what I think, but it's it's still kind of hard. And uh, when mentioning people that are trying to buy a lot of tickets at, at once, um, a traditional uh, systems have some protection about that and also ease of management for us. 
but yeah, keeping it accountable is uh, is very important. Like we, as a non-profit organization, we publish our book every year and we publish a report on what we spend and how it get at ATC. One thing that I'm really looking forward is going to the next DevCon because I love to meet people in, in, in different cities. But I, I want to make sure that everybody has a place they can go once a year where they know uh, it's going to happen. So having, not having a DevCon uh, since Osaka was kind of tough for the ecosystem. And I'm, I'm glad that now things seem to be rolling for, for Bogota. Uh, but in, in between, uh, we really wanted to, to work double uh, the time to make sure that we could have an ETC and we can have something going. Um, we're glad that now, uh, financially, uh, we are in a much better shape than uh, during uh, big market pullbacks because we were cautious about what we spend and cautious about how we organize. Keeping the price of the tickets super low is uh, a way for us to make sure that everybody can access it, even if uh, there's super high demand and sometimes you just queuing and cannot, cannot get in. But there are a lot of people stinking in, uh, and that's kind of fine. Uh, we're just trying to be able to organize this event every year. That's what matters for us. Griff just took off his un untake offable uh, wristband. Tell us about the person who bought 200 tickets, Jerome. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's in the press. Uh, you can read the article on the, on the blog Crypto, I think, or on Rex.News. So the, the way that the tickets were sold was... Uh, the, the tickets are NFTs with specific metadata, and those metadata are computed after you fill a form. So technically, you could uh, spam the contract emitting the, the tickets, but you wouldn't get anything out of the metadata from the computation of the, uh, of the form because you wouldn't have uh, been able to fill the form in the first place. The tickets were non-transferable because we wanted to retain complete control about uh, the transfer of the, of the tickets in order to avoid people... Um, just um, uh, making money out of it or, or, or auctioning them and so on. And so someone created uh, uh, 200 also Gnosis safes and tried to purchase 200 tickets at the same time, triggering 200 transactions from those 200 Gnosis safe. Very good piece of software, by the way, Gnosis safe. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, since the Gnosis safe's uh, control is transferable, the idea was, I think, to uh, put the non-transferable NFTs on a you know, they save that is transferable and then resolve them, which is, yeah, an, an okay, an okay workaround on uh, something we were describing as uh, not uh, authorized by our uh, terms and condition and that we wanted, didn't want it to support. And from a business perspective, those was legitimate sales of something that was useless. And so, yeah, it, it, it happened and uh, we had to, we had to handle that. Um, and that's one of the hiccups you need when you are trying to go full decentralized. Like you expose yourself to uh, other ways of, uh, of of using your product than you would initially have thought in the various ways, uh, but now it's it's done. It's behind us, and uh, it's giving us uh, more information and more know-how about how to do next year and how to perform better next year. And we don't know who these uh, persons are, personal persons are. Um, so they funded their accounts with Coinbase. Well, not. <laughs> trying to look for anything, but that's definitely detrimental to the rest of the community. So hopefully uh, nobody tries to do that next year. Well, we are officially in a bear market, although here it does not feel like that. Felix, would you, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, it's always been the case that I think in the real community conferences, the people that come there don't really care, like the builders, if it's a bear or a bull market. So I think generally speaking that ECC kind of stands for that for me a lot where, yeah, if you talk to people 
yeah, no one is talking about prices or flirting <laughs> or, uh, I think that's, that's really important. And right in the bear market, we know like some of the best products get built. I think also like a lot of the noise gets filtered out. So I think we're seeing that too, right? Like some of the big announcement, as, as Griff said, like people wait for ECC and, and yeah, the ZK EVM, for example, you can just see like con building continues. So I'm super glad to, to see that. And yeah, I, I guess ticket price is low, so it's also affordable. <laughs> then that's great. I think it helps that a lot of the side events were also organized before the bear kind of uh, hit, right? So, I mean, there's so many events on boats or rooftop terraces. Or there was a pony out in front. Tell yeah. us, tell who us about the pony. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who brought the pony? Do you guys know? So we had to refuse the Lamborghini Owner Club that wanted to do a demonstration in front of the company. So I guess maybe they brought a pony. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no clue who bought the pony. I, I was just alerted yesterday that there was a house in, uh, the, a horse in front of the Maison de la Mutualité. I was like, okay, this is happening. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know who, but uh, I hope it was a great moment for everyone. So it's um, it's about bringing people and bringing purpose to the to this conference. Um, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Beer market or no beer market? Now it's um, th this time of the year and this time of getting together in the same place. It's um, it's it's important for the people we meet, for the for the for the sponsor we talk to. Uh, they all talk about like we are going to meet this team that we are doing a partnership with. We are going to meet those guys that we are trying to build this with. Uh, we are going to uh, try to recruit a couple of people here and there. It's important to have that on your agenda. And as time goes by now, we are in most of the agendas. So that's, that's great. Uh, even as, as you mentioned, Griff, people are like pushing to have the release there. And, uh, sometimes for, for some company that we met, the, the very, um, very ECC date was the date that they tried to do their product release. So they work all the year for the thing. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, when I mentioned EVC, uh, uh, one of the things we were uh, cautious of was that during the, the previous uh, low of the cycle, uh, it was hard for us to find sponsor. It was hard for us to, um, to, to finalize the budget. And hopefully people that got a raise during the, during EVC, they will think about coming, coming next year as a sponsor or something. And we are super grateful for all the sponsors that are recurringly coming and recurringly supporting us. So that's important for them to, to be present and to continue organizing stuff. Now, Organizing an event uh, when you are from abroad uh, and say like, hey, I want to, I want to place next to this venue, and I want this and I want that, and outsourcing that to uh, to an agency definitely has a cost. There are a lot of boats parked around uh, around the, the venue, so you can rent those. But I think the the situation between euro and dollar kind of helped because a lot of the U.S. companies were coming in think, thinking like, wow, Paris is on sale. That's great. <laughs> and that, that kind of helped. On, on my end, I, I run a company which is a sponsor this year and we rented the boats uh, in January thinking that, oh, that's great. We're going to do some product release and we are going to invite our friends on our boat during the week. Would we have changed that uh, if we had the option to? I don't think so. But yeah, that's definitely something to consider. Now, as I was saying, if we have a lot of demand for the tickets and we create a frustration on not being able to attend the conference, uh, this frustration will find other ways of, to express itself and find uh, side events to go to. So when people feel like 
2,000 people at the event. Okay, there's no more, but we could have easily, I think, opened the the the, the venue to 5,000, even maybe 10,000. So there is a lot of uh, presence to be tapped in for the side events, and that's also what's bringing people to do side events. In Starkware, for example, runs Star- Starknet CC. Yeah, so they, they know that uh, not everybody that's interested in this in that technology will be able to go there. Uh, Polygon run a Polygon day on on Monday, I think, uh, and a lot of people went there. So maybe as we keep the same size of uh, of event, <laughs> there will be more and more side events because people will want to to come around. But that's tough questions for the the years to come for us. Yeah, I mean, even before coming here, I booked the tickets a while ago to get a good Airbnb near the venue, you know, and and uh, I made sure that I had a few days before and a few days after because I know there's going to be conferences, other conferences. There's like a Metaverse Summit and then there's a Sustainable Blockchain Summit and then there's probably countless other side events that are really awesome, actually. And and it's like ETHCC is kind of the general purpose, uh, you know, like everything to do with Ethereum, you can see the, the the advances of all the teams, and then they each almost have their two favorite conferences that they are all part of. You know, and it's pretty cool. It's a pretty interesting thing. I'm kind of interested, also, I guess, in Paris or France as a community or as a kind of center, maybe even for European Ethereum community. I guess, Griff, maybe. Could you tell us like your impression? Did ECC kind of make Paris like a center for Ethereum or in general, how, how do you see the community like in Europe? I recently got engaged, so it's really easy to bring, uh, yeah, thank you. But it's really easy to bring uh, my fiance to the city of love and, uh, you know, have all the romantic times. And I mean, that makes it one of my favorite conferences to go to. You can't, you know, it's, it's fun to go to Denver, but it's not really the city of love, right? It's, uh, so I think if, in, in Europe, Paris has pretty incredible crypto community. You know, it's like Berlin, Paris and Barcelona, they all have their different vibes. And uh, I feel like those are pretty much the centers of where Ethereum hangs out. But you guys and you guys built this. So I don't know. Do you do you feel like there's a pretty incredible Parisian community? I mean, there's pretty, pretty amazing French community, even more than Parisian. Um, I'm Belgian and I know that the Parisians tend to think that all France is Paris, but it's not true. And there's a lot of great companies all over France. And also, I think that the French government, compared to other European governments, has been pretty proactive on trying to regulate uh, blockchain and crypto. And that's pretty huge. I mean, we can see what the European Union is doing right now, and it's not the greatest news for all of us. And so having this French ecosystem that is trying to drive it has helped us, I think, also organize it to see and manage to have great companies. I don't know you, Jérôme, as a as a new startup. What are your thoughts on the French ecosystem and regulation? So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm Luxembourgish and French, so I, <laughs> I can tell like uh, sometimes French people uh, and specifically Parisian people are starting to think like they are the center of uh, of everything revolving around French language. Well, yeah, French language. Let's let's start with that. Canadians sometimes speak French, and uh, a lot of important Canadians in the Ethereum community speak French. We start to have more and more people coming from French-speaking countries in Africa or in uh, in the Maghreb. So, so also pretty pretty cool to to see happening. But more importantly, Paris is easy to reach uh, from anywhere you are in the world. In any major capital, there are flights to go there. So it's making it easy. 
not saying that going to Osaka was tough or going to <laughs> going to Bogota was tough, but uh, still, it's it's easy to reach. What I love to hear is that people are coming here to, with their wife, with their kids, with their phone. I think Christoph Jens said, like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I brought my, my 14-year-old. He'll say, like, it's, it's a nerd conference, meeting friends and, and sharing what they are producing. Oh, great, yeah, that's basically it. Or you as a recently engaged man, like, uh, maybe you can bring your wife to the south of France or enjoy the holiday around that. So we, we should get a subsidy because we are bringing new tourism in, uh, <laughs> in France. <laughs> We've observed um, a shift in, in the mentality of our, our politicians in France uh, about how they perceive uh, crypto or how they perceive uh, blockchain in general, uh, from the money laundering and, and terrorism funding uh, to, uh, oh yeah, maybe maybe it's an interesting tech that uh, we, should, uh, we should tap into. Generally speaking, I think there is an ethos in French engineering school about uh, open source uh, open source development. Software like uh, VLC were were created uh, by a student project that like uh, peer to peer, like like open sourceness and so on. And we have a few uh, good cryptographer and, and and good mathematicians that like algebra. So there's a uh, there's something going on in the, in that front, and that's uh, that's helping us a lot. Um, now, what I what I like about uh, about France and Europe is uh, our close relationship with uh, the Germans, and uh, being able to do things with them, and being able to uh, to ping pong between different conferences, between events, and uh, and, and different startup organizations. Because we have a, a lot of well, for example, people at CoSwap. There are some that are living in Paris. There are some that are living in in, in Germany, and it, it's great to see uh, those kind of uh, of collaborations. And uh, when we get together as uh, as pushing countries for Europe, uh, there's nothing that can be stopped there. And overall, from a, a strategical perspective for the European Union, uh, it's for me extremely important that uh, we push this kind of technology, blockchain technology, because it's open source and leveling the playing field for everyone. Uh, so there's an opportunity to, to break uh, big uh, tech monopolies that are mostly in the US and mostly exploiting uh, our data in various ways. And pushing open source and blockchain is definitely something that they should have in mind. And we are starting to get organized around the, com- the community with uh, lobbying uh, lobbying um, uh, parties that are being funded by uh, French companies that are starting to be funded by other uh, companies in, uh, in in Europe and trying to push uh, an agenda of uh, being blockchain-friendly in Europe. I'm talking about ADAN, A-D-A-N, in, in France, and they are now starting to have equivalent in Brussels and so on. So uh, we, are, we, are making, we are making good work here, and uh, I hope uh, we'll have good things uh, after, after the next uh, two or three years of regulation. In Europe, Adan has really done amazing work. So of all the organizations in Europe, I think Adan is the most professional and best at executing. So yeah, totally, I'll, I'll tip my hat to you guys on that. Griff, you said earlier that uh, you went to Hardy's talk um, about the ZKEVM. I did too. I assume that you guys did also didn't... So I didn't actually go to all that many talks because there were so many people here. This uh, continues to happen to me at ECC. I end up going to very few talks and basically I bookmark them. You have a really good agenda this time. You can just instantly add them to your calendar. To me, this was a huge win. You, you click add to your calendar and it, it just, it transports to your calendar. This is, it's fantastic. I love it. We need this for every conference. But yeah, so basically all the ones that I, that I meant to go to and did not make it, I would definitely watch them on YouTube and they are open to everyone. And you've actually done an amazing job in kind of almost live streaming them, right? They were up 
all of them were up immediately. This is, I mean, as someone who's also run a conference in the past, this is no small feat. So that's fantastic. And I think we will all go back to watch the videos after the fact. So tell me not about the talks that you have attended, but the talks that you will rewatch later. There's all these morning talks that are really hard. Like, can we just start the conference at 11 next year? Because it's so hard to miss. Um, I missed Kevin Owaki's talk. It was before my talk, and I, I, I will rewatch it. I will watch it in the shower. If it takes two showers or three, I will watch that talk. I'm very excited to see the updates from him. I, I could make, uh, luckily this morning, I could make another a different Gitcoin talk that I'm excited about. Honestly, I'll probably miss Vitalik's talk today, uh, and I'll definitely rewatch that. I have to check if he's aware of the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe he'll rewatch his talk as well then. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some talks at side events too that I really, you know, I just couldn't make it because there's too many. There, it's like the coincidence of wants, you know, it's, is, is difficult to make happen. Like, I want to be here, I want to be there. Uh, even team members, you know, that I work with on a daily basis there. On the other, the event wasn't that close, so I couldn't just make it, you know. So, uh, like, Livia gave a great talk at a side event that I helped her with the slides and I couldn't even go. Uh, what about you guys? I'm, you, I'm sure you guys missed a lot of talks. <laughs> I, I, I missed every single one of them except mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I had to meet a lot of people and to do a lot of things around. So, unfortunately, I couldn't go there. I heard the um, the, the talk from uh, from the, the guys from Sequoia was uh, really good in terms of uh, what you should expect from the from the market and what uh, venture partners are, are thinking about the state of the market. I'm looking forward to watch all the talk about gaming because, but that's the industry uh, I'm, I'm in my, right now. Uh, there are a few talk about blockchain economics that I wanna, I wanna, I wanna watch. Uh, notably, uh, Barnabé Mono uh, making sense of uh, of roll-up economics. So I'm, I'm just going to sit down and watch the talks in while commuting here and there. That's uh, that's the greatest thing about about Ethereum. You have this big dump of uh, 48 hours of talks and. Uh, you can just enjoy your summer and come back in September with lots of ideas and, uh, and know-how about what's going on around the world. Same here. I think some people binge on Netflix. I plan on binging on Etsy uh, yeah. as soon as as soon as I have a couple of days off. Uh, I really do appreciate during the conference when there's a problem in a room because then that allows me to go into the room and actually <laughs> listen to a speaker for five minutes and I'm like, ooh, nice one. Putting it down, watching for later. Um, the next thing on the agenda I think that we'll need to update is to actually add to your own list so that you'll be able to watch it after. That's uh, that's when it's a will become a decentralized Netflix as well. Just a shout out to our to our media partner, uh, Kabuki Media, who has been uh, with us since the very first HCC, uh, recording the, the the sessions, and also editing them live. So after the talk, everything is available. Uh, it's available live, so you can watch it for free. And that's something we owe to uh, all the community members that couldn't travel to Paris, couldn't get tickets, and so on. They are able to follow whatever they want live. Uh, there is also a chat that you can uh, you can use to chat with your friend and react to what's going on live and lastly at the end of the day you can watch the talk that you missed so yeah shout out to Kabuki Media because they are doing uh, tremendous work yeah I can just repeat I guess like many people here that unfortunately missed a f- lot of content but will rewatch it because yeah there's just a lot of people to meet right that's kind of the reason why we come here and uh, then you end up just talking to the people instead of looking at the talks, but I think that's that's fine. I think many people expect that already. 
Uh, and then if you have a break or like get the lunch, you can go and, and watch something. I also watched the ZK EVM one because I was like, this is probably big news uh, for Ethereum. And um, yeah, it turned out to be like that. So I'm yeah super excited for everything. And thanks so much for um, having us and for keeping the the community going in, in Europe. I really uh, appreciate it. It's a lot of work and I think super happy to be part of it and have you here today actually and steal you from the other rooms where everything is breaking right now probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if nothing is working, we're, we're the reason. So obviously, so six years, ECC5, is there going to be an ECC next year? I think, I think there is. <laughs> I think there's going to be another ECC next year. Um, we need to think about how and what and what we want to change, what we want to keep. But uh, as I say, 2023, Paris, I think July is a safe bet. Uh, we kind of loved the heat wave. We don't know what's for next year, you know, two years of COVID, one year of heat wave. Just give it to us. We'll manage it next year. <laughs> yeah, as, as long as I will be breathing uh, and hopefully uh, after I'll be I'll stop breathing, they will continue to be HCC because I, I think this will definitely outpace everyone in this uh, in this organization and everyone in the community. We will continue to have things in Paris. So definitely next year, COVID or not COVID, whatever is going on, we will host something. Uh, so do count on us to, to do something. Now in, in what form and what differences compared to this year, it's still up in the air. Every attendant, uh, uh, attendees of the, of the conference receive a feedback form. Uh, please give us feedback about what we should do, what we should not do. We are, we are recognizing the problem of the demand. Like, uh, yeah, it's 2.5k people total. How was that? With, uh, all the volunteers, all the, all the speakers, all the real attendees and the attendees from the sponsors and so on. So how do we, how do we go, go from there? Like, uh, do we do, uh, an event over five days and, uh, and create, uh, tracks that are mixed? Like, uh, oh, it's the DeFi and blockchain for good. So that's day one. Oh, that's the enterprise and, uh, and Ethereum layers. That's day two and so on. Like, should we do something over five days? Well, that's creating problems about like how we are going to stifle potentially the, the, the side events. Also, like, how do we mix those? Does it get us to, uh, not selling tickets for 100 per day or maybe 500 for the full week, like th those kind of questions. So that's still up in the air. Shall we move to another venue? Like, uh, shall we move to something bigger? Uh, well, if we move to something bigger, we, we could lose the intimacy that, uh, that, uh, ECC is bringing. Like everybody's at the same place. If we are in a big stadium with, uh, 100,000 people, which probably going to happen next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How, how are you are going to bump into the Griff uh, while working at the coffee booth? Like, uh, this thing, uh, tends not to happen. So, um, also it, it poses, uh, financial threats on the, on, on the nonprofit. Like, uh, if we engage ourselves on a super big event and, uh, there is a big market downturn, like, uh, will we be able to find enough sponsors to finance the event? Uh, we could also go exclusive. Like, hey, make Ethereum a, Ethereum, Ethereum community conference a sponsor only conference. Like, hey, everybody gets the tickets and you invite your friends and that's it. So, like, uh, Maybe that's, that's a possibility, or maybe we should consider to have that alongside a student track, a student selection track, and try to bring more students. So, well, if we go that route, maybe we should call us ETIC, Ethereum Industry Conference. Well, I, I don't know. It's, it's still up in the air. We're trying to figure out what's best for the community, for the, the longevity of, of this conference, but there is a, definitely a, a will and means to organize this conference again next year and the year after and so on and so forth.
Yeah, and I think that's part of what makes uh, ECC such a success is this mindset of like, we don't know what we're going to do next year. We're going to get feedback and respond to the feedback. And, and I've seen it every year that you guys just get, you know, you level up, you level up. You had pro- problems with the old venue. You moved to this venue. It's great. You know, that, uh, different areas used to be used for different things. And I, I see it improve and improve every year. I don't know how you fit 2,500 people in this place. <laughs> I, I don't know. You must have had some kind of industrial engineer, like really figure out exactly where all the flows will be i love the arrows on the on the ground by the way that was really nice especially when you get bumped into a, a million times you know trying to walk through a conference giving out hugs and it's like okay where's that pink arrow again okay follow follow the pink arrow i think that this mindset of being open to and being agile uh, will really serve ecc well so what's next for you guys you are going on a very well-deserved holiday after tonight, I hope. <laughs> well, funnily enough, I am currently studying. So just after SSA, I'm flying back to the city of Lausanne to go back to my studies and planning on taking a holiday in December. <laughs> I was um, offered uh, tickets to go to the France Grand Prix this weekend. So going to drive tomorrow night uh, to Le Castellet in the south of France. And um, hopefully with this uh, victory of Lewis Hamilton, I hope. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then I'll take some holiday in the south of France, settle down for, for one month and um, play a lot of games. Uh, I'm trying to figure out uh, a new cool uh, game to blockchainize with my company, Cometh. And in September, I'll just resume, resume work and so on and watch a lot of uh, <laughs> ATC uh, videos. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I'm on a vacation right now, so I don't know. <laughs> this is this is my vacation before I organize a Burning Man camp. Well, two Burning Man camps, and like we have an art car, and we actually throw a conference as well. It's uh, 60 hours of talks, leveling you up, but it's an eight day. You know, it's an eight day event, so we can really uh, uh, do it a lot. But uh, yeah, so uh, actually, for me, it's like you know, getting back to work and and organizing Burning Man and all the events that happen there. I will go to Berlin. So I live in Lisbon. This wasn't mentioned earlier in the cities in Europe that, <laughs> that have a vibe and a community. <laughs> no worries, no worries. We're establishing it slowly. And um, yeah, so just going to like go to Berlin, meet some people that were there or still there that didn't go to Lisbon, <laughs> like <laughs> Frederica. And yeah, um, seeing what the community is up to there and then enjoying the European summer, which is always great, of course. Well, fantastic. What about me? Yeah, I go back to Prague. <laughs> this does also feel... I mean, I've literally spoken with people nonstop for three days, but it's, it's a super nice, uh, uh, it's a super nice event. It does feel, it does have this holiday feel because it's in this really nice scenery. So yeah, I go back to work. We're organizing a conference also later in the year, DAPCON. Um, it kicks off uh, East Berlin. I know, Griff, you're not going to make it because it collides with Burning Man. And I mean, you have you got to have priorities. I, I, I grant you that. So, uh, yeah, so it starts uh, September 12th, September 12th to 14th. And it kicks off Berlin Blockchain Week. We also have DuneCon, ZK Hack, East Berlin, and so on. Lots of side events. So uh, if you want to make it to Europe again, September is probably a good time to come to Berlin. Cool. Thank you, guys. It's been such a pleasure. And see you all next year. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And if you have a Google Home or Alexa device, you can tell it to listen to the latest episode of the Epicenter podcast. Go to epicenter.tv slash subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the newsletter so you get new episodes in your inbox as they're released. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we're always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.